Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Dibs. Hey, guys. Um, this week, if it wasn't already obvious by the title, we are doing Assassin's Creed Unity. I know, yep. I think last week <laughs> we said we were going to do The Incredibles 2. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had a bit of a glitch with that episode, mm-hmm. which kind of shelved it slash delayed it. So while we're trying to resolve that, we thought we would do this instead in the interim, just so that we don't miss a week. And um, hopefully for anybody that cares about what two yahoos like us think, <laughs> there's some content out there. <laughs> but um, yeah, we we're talking about Assassin's Creed Unity this yeah. week, just because of that unforeseen glitch that kind of and derailed the fact our that we played this game quite a few times. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, uh, I mean, just a really quick announcement too, before we get into our mm-hmm. actual discussion. I mean, yeah. I feel like we just spaz about things we like so I don't even know if it counts as a discussion but um we are actually um on a couple of new platforms now so we're on yep. iHeartRadio, TuneIn and Stitcher. Yep. So if anybody is using those platforms um surprisingly <laughs> our <laughs> podcast made it on there. So yeah. <laughs> um if you care enough to check us out on there um as we always say probably too much we really do appreciate each and every listen we get and certainly on any and all platforms. So yep. now that that's out of the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> our usual spoiler warning. Also, um, this is a fairly old game in that it it's almost, I, I mean, as of our recording, it would have been- 2014? Yeah. So it's, it's approaching its 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's still a little bit of a ways off, but mm-hmm. it's, it's getting closer. So it's not a recent game, but yeah. of course it is such a big game. And there's a ton of things going on. So if you haven't played it or you're not familiar with it, we are getting into spoilery territory. So just uh, be warned. But um, as always, if you still stick around, thank you so much. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we, as you as you guys know, we've discussed many other games of the Assassin's Creed franchise. This is, again, no exception. This game is enjoyable um in many ways but also annoying in a lot of ways so we're going to be getting into all of that right now so let's get to the setting first because i think this is a really cool interesting setting for this game it's set in uh set during the french revolution in paris which is an interesting time to look at so let's talk about that yeah i mean the french revolution was a pretty like you said a uh, fascinating time period mm-hmm. to look at and it's also I think a pretty recognizable time period in terms oh, yeah. of like big events in yeah. history I mean mm-hmm. there was so much going on some of it was yeah. like really kind of bizarre and crazy <laughs> when you like go back and like read about what actually happened in certain like, characters from the monarchy figures. to an actual government mm-hmm. uh, that's that's right big. and then you know yeah. like things like Robespierre's reign of terror and stuff yeah. like that so mm-hmm. um it was definitely I think from like a, a game development point of view like it was a volatile enough time period that they could kind of um infuse the assassin templar conflict into that time you could right yeah, yeah exactly so um that was really cool to kind of see how they like you said infuse that conflict within mm-hmm. the context of the french revolution mm-hmm. but um more than that i think what was really cool was at its launch unity was i think the game that was closest in time, I think, to like present day. Oh yeah, um, no, so, fair. That's a fair. And a I think it was place. also because it was closer to modern day. Like the mm-hmm. the cityscape was 
larger and it felt more like an actual city yeah a living like, breathing city because it right. was alive like it was and it was really cool because I think if I remember correctly Unity I think was the first game where like you could go into buildings and stuff yeah and I remember reading an article or like an interview with like one of the developers or something but they talked about how they made um Paris in, in such a way that you could wander into buildings yeah. and like each building like in its own way kind of told a story and you can kind of see that like even in some of the fancier yeah. houses or mansions yes. at the height of the revolution it was just like mm-hmm. trashed like there's this huge building that's very ornate and beautiful mm-hmm. but like the inside is just like overturned settings and like sofas and like yeah. all this really cool stuff so um yeah. I, I don't know I I know not everybody loved unity and it certainly like you said had its issues but I loved mm-hmm. the aspect of it that, like, no, we got I definitely did and the story and... was pretty solid I'd like to say actually and oh my god such if you if you are I don't know how familiar you guys are with friends, uh, but if, if you'll recognize a few landmarks like the Jardin de Tuileries, which is like the <laughs> tulip gardens, which is amazing. Right. Um, you also see the Bastille, which is like a landmark. And right. You get to see the Notre Dame Cathedral, which is again mm-hmm. a landmark, which is so cool. Like, right. I, Versailles. I love the setting. Versailles is of course mm-hmm. Versailles and you see the Palace of Luxembourg like right yeah everything. and the gardens too yeah it's yeah. that that's the one thing that I've loved about this franchise mm-hmm. that even though there is a lot of fiction yeah um the one thing that they do get right is like the setting and the location and I think even with games like Unity which had Dude, a lot of bugs yes um like like the, the setting was still if you beautiful. look at the Notre Dame the accuracy the accuracy though it's just mind-blowing like yeah I've just, never been to the original <laughs> I've been to like no, but the... <laughs> you've seen pictures you've seen yeah, pictures yeah, of course of, so and you and then you see it in the game and you're like oh my god and I think this uh this franchise has also has been very true to that because I uh because my sister has been to Florence um a couple of uh, once she's been to Florence and she showed me a picture of the Duomo and I'm like oh okay <laughs> I've seen that in the game so I was like it's it's pretty cool yeah I mean like that's the one thing that I love about like the yeah. game developers like yeah. Ubisoft is a corporation yeah. of course has had its has problems, its problems. Uh, has yeah, its problems right. yeah present yeah. tense mm-hmm. but um the the developers have really put so much thought yeah. and effort into building each world that comes yeah. with each iteration of the, yeah. this franchise mm-hmm. and uh like you said unity is no exemption I mean the yeah. attention to detail and everything from Notre oh Dame God. to Versailles to yeah. like beautiful um, all of that yeah it's just, it's amazing and yeah. I think that's probably like I can't speak for anybody else but for me personally that's usually mm-hmm. what brings me back to these games like even yes. if I've completed the story sometimes it's just fun to kind of immerse yourself in that world oh my god I'd love and, to do that um, again I want I might as well do that again in a bit because like <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fun and, about it makes me nostalgic to visit those places again because oh my right god, yeah beautiful. and it's funny because I think um we were kind of talking about this off recording just mm-hmm. in general um just about like the games and stuff and I think yeah. I I think I sent you a clip too and there's mm-hmm. a, a clip somebody had compiled of like parkour throughout the yes. games on twitter Dude, this um, game 
came at the best parkour. I it's the crazy thing with Unity. It's like kind of by now it's considered almost kind of dated. But even with games like Origins and Odyssey and Valhalla, which is like Whoa. the new trio, um, like don't get me wrong, they've made huge improvements. But there's something yes. about Unity where like the parkour still looks more it's fluid so than smooth. any other game. Yeah, yeah, like I absolutely agree. The way you slide off buildings onto the floor and then jump on and then get back again. It's like just the oh. It, this, like you said, there's fluidity to it, which I absolutely yeah. love. Like I just, I can't imagine. I mean, wow. Oh, it, it's that that game is the best parkour, and I think, I think the best thing Unity did was the unique kills. I right. really love that. Those aspect. were cool. Yeah, I, I really think love like that the, in some ways, I feel like the game was almost kind of ahead of its time. A little bit, because I feel like. Yes especially with things like the progression system which we'll get into in a bit but like oh my god well, just the, the fluidity of movement and stuff i feel like as much as i love like the new trio like with all, you know origins to valhalla yeah. like yeah you know the settings that the story and all of that i still feel like the get like the the like gameplay isn't or at least like the parkour is not quite as fluid no, no, as it was in unity no so. you're absolutely right it's not uh, the parkour is different. It's it like is. Mm -hmm. You can climb up uh, mountains and hilltops and all those things, which is cool, but it's not the same. Right. And I think the thing, like, I love Syndicate, but I think Syndicate yeah. had that zipline feature, oh, which I just, like, once yes. you got it, I just used it nonstop yeah. because why same. wouldn't you? Like, it was same, so much same, easier same. and yeah. so much more convenient. So yeah. I feel like as Zipping much as I love the that... Basically. right yeah. yeah as much as I loved that I feel like it kind of detracted a little bit from like the parkour yeah. aspect because I just yeah. didn't do it that much like once you got the zipline I'm like why would you waste time trying to scale yeah like you would do it once to like sync or maybe I, yeah. I maybe I'm no, crazy even I would sinking, do it you can just you can just basically use the zipline to get to the top and then just yeah sink, once you get basically. it yeah yeah but I mean yeah, in, in Syndicate, I hardly yeah. ever scaled anything yeah. or climbed anything because once you mm -hmm. have the zipline, it's so so much yeah. more, A, it's more fun, B, it's so much more convenient. But in yeah. Unity, there was, I don't know, there's the, not to like belabor the point, but the, there was just something so beautiful about like the parkour system where it looked very fluid oh my God, and yes. like almost like like natural, if that makes any sense. I Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying and I completely agree with you there because it does feel like that. It mm -hmm. does feel like, it's more fluid it's more i just don't know how to explain it but let's talk about how this game starts because it's really sweet it gets a sweet start like you know you see arno and he's a little boy and he's just accompanying his dad to some meeting and and he's like his dad's like wait here and no exploring I'll be back soon. Stay. And of course, being a child, he's like, eh, uh, okay, I'm going to run around and explore. And he has a partner in crime who I yes. love dearly, who I love very dearly, Elise, Elise de la Serre, because like, I, I, they're such a sweet pair. I love them. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think that's definitely different as far as like openings go or like opening yeah. sequences. Um, I don't know if there were very many... I can't think of, like, none of the games before had really showed the characters that young, had they? Not that I remember. I think, yeah. see, Ezio, you see Ezio when he was born. That's right. But that's just for one scene, and after that, he's, like, 
17 or 18 years old I think, right but like this that. had like a playable sequence yeah. as young Arno yeah. and it was um yeah. I don't know there was something so like sweet. cute like yeah it's sweet and, and in a way like almost kind of like it's wholesome endearing. about it it's yeah endearing. I think it, the, the nice thing too is like that was such a like that was when Arno and Elise were so much more innocent and like yeah. kind of naive and they weren't really yeah. aware of like what was in store they were for just them like, later let's have like, fun kind of right thing. yeah yeah so it was really sweet to see and also it was just kind of funny because it the first sequence is kind of like I guess what would pass for like fun during the yeah like right at the I guess beginning of what you would consider the lead up to the revolution so like they're just two kids running around this like courtyard trying to steal apples that are guarded yeah and um it's just very sweet very cute I love that Elise was so like confident she's like yeah we're gonna steal this apple and like she had a plan oh and she's (laughs) like are you too scared to do it and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) oh he's trying to be a good boy but this girl makes it impossible it's a sweet thing basically I know it's really adorable well but that sequence aside things take a turn a very sudden turn because unfortunately Charles Dorian is assassinated (laughs) unfortunately yeah and but there's a sweet thing to it where Monsieur de la Serre Elise's dad he 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 looks at Arno is like hey it's okay this is uh, this is bad I, I i i get that this is bad just forget about this come with me kind of thing which i really love because at that point that's a, uh, that's probably what he needed at that point i'm guessing let's talk about that because that frames the entirety of the narrative for this game to be honest because that is a building block here so let's talk about that yeah, I mean, that when you know the full context, that becomes so interesting because yeah. um, it could have had an ulterior motive in taking Arno yeah. in. But mm. what I think is so fascinating about that is he doesn't. Like, he, he just takes not. him in because Arno because is now an orphan. Because a little kid. He just wants right. to help this kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And also, I think, like, the game doesn't emphasize it too much, but it's, yeah. like, I think implied. Or I think even in, like, some of, like, the... The other material like I believe maybe in the novelization mm-hmm. though I could be wrong I think mm-hmm. there's references to like Delacere and um, Arno's dad having like a sort of like business relationship type they were, dynamic they were um, working together right? right and we'll get yeah. to that in a bit because that becomes important too right but, yes. but yeah like once you know the, the full you know context, context. it, it but that's what I found so amazing that Delacere yeah. didn't have like any ulterior motives no. or he wasn't trying anything. Yeah. yeah. And I think like that's also it. Again, I know people weren't, a lot of people weren't pleased with the story, but I just found it so fascinating because for yeah. so many games, you see some of these like characters who are so like in a way almost like radicalized by what like either side mm. um whether it's the brotherhood or it's the the, the templars and uh yeah. delacere could have been like any one of them but he wasn't and um obviously you know if you've played the game you know which side he's he's aligned with yeah. but um yeah. i just found it really fascinating that he was just like he he like shelters arno from as much of that as he can to the point where arno is like a young adult almost yeah like just doesn't he's not aware of anything that Delacere is mm-hmm. doing which again is just so fascinating because I'm yeah. like you're smart like did like 
did he not like did, were you not able to like find clues or like was Delacere that good that you just never <laughs> I think never they, they, I think he kind of knew but I didn't think he knew what his dad was either like I didn't think I don't think he had that much of an idea and I think, yeah, I think it's probably framed in a way where it was, like, Delacere is just very important. He works yeah. with, like, a lot of, like, political figures or, yeah. like, people in positions of power yeah. uh, without quite being a politician or something yeah. like that himself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But um, I feel like because the the big scene that kind of serves as a catalyst is Arno getting a letter that he's meant to deliver to Delacere, which he doesn't. And th- there's, which you know, we'll ramifications for that. Right? Yeah, yeah. But um, I feel like if Arno had known exactly what Delacere did, then he would have Things been so have much been more different. cautious yeah, with that he letter. Would've. He would have been like, this has to get to him. But yeah. he was just like, oh, it's probably like some, you know, politician or some figure trying to contact him. It's not a huge deal. And so he just doesn't, like that sense of urgency isn't there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, because let's talk about how we beat adult Arno as well, because there's a, <laughs> there's a little bit of a thing to this, because Arno has his dad's pocket watch. That's the only thing he has left of his dad's at this point, which is <laughs> sad, but he treasures it. And some idiots took it from him and he tries to take it back. He gets into a brawl, comes back to the De La Serra state and there's a thing that happens and then it's just... It, but Arno's a sassy little shit, okay? And I love him for it. That's all I can it say is. at this point. Also, so, can we just point out that the, like his pocket watch is stolen by two thugs, I guess, whose names yeah. are Victor and Hugo? Like as a <laughs> reference to Victor Hugo? Victor Hugo. <laughs> Which yeah. I just, it, it was such a minor thing, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, the Assassin's Creed as a franchise is so yeah. good with like just putting in like minor things like that oh, and God, just yes. making minor NPCs, like not to derail this, but mm-hmm. like in Syndicate, there is mm-hmm. a place in London where you can find Lewis Carroll reading, yeah. I think, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland or something Aww. like that. So like, I just love That's it. That's very like, sweet. Yeah, like it has nothing to really do with the game, but Lewis Carroll is in London. <laughs> And like, there's a reference to Victor Hugo in French Revolution yeah. Paris. <laughs> yeah. And also, I have to mention something. I think when you do your first, sync points are important in Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. But in Very. Unity, the beauty of these sync points, man. I, I remember I, getting I, the game for the first time and oh, doing my first sync point, first and I was just blown point. away. Yes. Because the, because the, the really. Weird- usually yeah you get that sweeping view of the area from where you are but this game it the way it pans out and that sweeping view that you get that you turn it on you're like blown away by how cool it is it's just like insane I know it's I think when Unity launched the like the sync points were when they did like the the sweeping view I think they were at their widest at that time so you got like a real feel of like the scale of Paris and how big it was and and how the Notre Dame man do it for the Notre Dame and see how cool it looks because you're like there's just so many I mean yeah like that was the the one thing and not to make this like a comparison game but the one thing that really kind of bugged me about syndicate which is Mm. again such a minor thing Mm. in comparison Mm. was that you just couldn't like once you synced that was it like those points just disappear from the map and I don't think there's a way to sync again Again. and I hated that because in in unity one of the things I loved even though I had like done all the sync points you could do them again and yeah just like seeing like feel that beauty of it the sweet right 
and the music that plays every time you do a sync point and then the whole sweeping view that you get oh my god I, I know it was it was amazing the feeling when that first hit with that oh my god I still remember it it's pretty cool. I think that was what was also really cool because like all the yeah. games have had like beautiful breathtaking yeah. um Views. sync points but yeah. the thing that really kind of like got me about unity was like you, you kind of felt the scale too oh yes because yeah. In yeah. all the other games, partly because they were set much earlier in history and partly, you know, the mm-hmm. graphics weren't quite as advanced and all mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. As beautiful as the sinks were, I never quite felt like I was in a city with like thousands of people. It was like, yeah, there's a lot of people. And yes, this is beautiful. And I'm on a huge vantage point and I'm high up yeah. and it's grand and all yeah. of that. Yeah. But Unity, I think maybe partly because Paris was just such a big city and, you know, and there was, was lots of buildings. They made and, it such a living, breathing mm-hmm. thing, you know? Yeah, like it really whole... kind of felt like you were like a speck yeah. in a like yeah. huge sea of buildings which yeah. is probably what it actually felt like to be in Paris yeah. at that time yeah and so oh yeah God. I just loved that sync point like all the sync points in the game even in like some of like the poorer districts of Paris there's still like I don't know how to describe it, like a beauty to the, to it you um, can't there's no way to it's just you have to experience it guys you really just have yeah. to experience it to tell what that feels like because the Again, it takes your breath away the first time you do it. And the first sync point is not even that high. It's high. It's no, not, not yeah. High. It is beautiful. But damn, that feeling that you get, because that was in Versailles, uh, that <laughs> first sync point. But like then, the, the, the city slash village, not the actual yeah, palace. Yeah, not the palace. But... Not the palace of Versailles. Uh, this is the actual, because the game starts in Versailles, basically, <laughs> because the Delasers are in Versailles. That's a different thing. But when you, that's, that is at a high sync point, but even then the magnitude of it hits you. But then when you go to Paris and then you do the sync points, you're like blown away by how big this landscape is and how you're this tiny. Because again, I keep coming back to this because it zooms all the way out from where you are and then zooms back into you. You're like, oh my God, that's where I am compared to the entire city. Was it like so cool? Was it super cool? I kind of loved it. it was yeah, you really get it like a, a sense of like what it would be like to be completely immersed yeah. in Paris at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Which um as much as I love the other games, I don't yeah. know if any game has has done quite to that same I mean that like, same level. point effect. No, I don't think they have. Like the like the sync points have gotten like wider in the sense like you I mean, see more yeah. as you do that, but I don't know. There was just something about doing it in Unity where it really felt like felt you were in a different. huge, huge city. Yeah. yeah. Whereas exactly. like in the other games, like this is beautiful, but do I feel like I'm in, I'm in a city with you know thousands of people? Not quite. Yeah. So, it's so amazing views though. It's but yeah, it's different. <laughs> but yeah, so Arnold and Elise have a very special, sweet relationship. It's really cute. But we're going to talk about that because, like you said, uh, there's a letter being delivered from Monsieur de la Serre and Arnaud's like, he'll, he, he basically drops it under, uh, slides it under uh, de la Serre's door and like he'll, he'll read it eventually. And then he goes to find Elise because he wants to see Elise because he's an idiot and he has a one-track mind when it comes to this woman. <laughs> but can you blame them? Can you blame him? She's pretty cool. But that's a different story. But that's what happens. And it and then he finds out that there's going to be a party in Elise's honor. And you actually see the seeds of revolution being sown right at that time, too, when you go around 
um, uh, amongst the people, you you can tell how they're frustrated with the royalty and how things are not going well for the regular people and all those things, which is really, <laughs> which is a nice detail to think of in this backdrop. Let's talk about that too. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that this franchise has been really good about is putting you in key moments of history, yeah. but also in such a way that like it works for the game. Yeah, yeah. And this is a, like it's a, yes. another example of that. Like you're playing through arguably some of like the most important moments in, in French, French history. history yeah for sure for and sure. obviously you know there, there's been a lot of creative liberties taken and things like mm-hmm. that but um it's just I don't know it just it was so cool to see like things that I remember learning about in like history class mm-hmm. and and just seeing that yeah. kind of brought to life in a game yep. and actually getting to experience that not quite in an authentic way, of course, but like, Not you know, exactly. through the eyes of, of Arno. It through was the eyes really of cool. a person in that time. It's pretty <laughs> cool, actually. I definitely agree. Um, now let's talk about Arno and Elise because their first, their meeting, their first meeting as adults is kind of cute. Let's talk about that. And then let's talk about everything that follows after because that becomes a catalyst for everything that this game is taking us through it does but I one of the things that I love is just how like you said sassy Arno is and the thing that always like I always remember is like very early on Mm -hmm. there's a bit where Arno is trying to sneak into the party for a least and he's caught by a guard (laughs) and um the the he's like on a balcony yeah. and um the, the guard sees him and he's like trying to get Arno to come down he's like come down at once and Arno's like well will you let me back in if I do and the guard's like certainly not I'll stay up here yeah. and then uh there's another bit where he's like escaping the party yeah. and um one of the guards is like you there boy what are you doing and he's like uh running <laughs> and I don't just like <laughs> Oh, it's like it's basically like Jacob when uh when someone asks him who's who are you? The sanitary inspector. This man is <laughs> <it's> dead. dead. <laughs> like, I know, I just I, I love that. I, I don't know, like uh, it could be the dumbest thing, but I think I'm just easily amused. And no, so like no, I was no, in no, stitches just watching Arno back talk to these people. Yeah, he's he's something, this man. He's something. But then let's talk about the banter between Arno and Elise. They're really idiotic to be honest, and it, it, they bring out the best and worst in each other. <laughs> and in the sense that the worst, because they resort to the worst instincts about doing stupid things. So let's talk about that as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I don't know, it was really sweet to see, because you see them very early on as like yeah. really young yeah. kids in that opening sequence. As and then, yeah, yeah, when you see them later, it's, you know, they're obviously older, yeah. um, but I don't know, there was just something, like, really sweet about seeing that, like, even though all this time has passed, and obviously, you know, they've both been through a lot, Arno mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. Um, they obviously were still friends, and of course, you know, you see that it kind of evolved into something more, more? Yeah, but exactly. I don't know, I just, I really liked their banter, it was yeah. just... I don't know, really funny. And I love that Arno was like sneaking in <laughs> to the party. And Elise was like, I hate this. Like, just get out of here and like, we'll meet up later. And <laughs> He's like, I feel like a monkey in this thing. But yeah, yeah, baby, I, I get you. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, there was just something like, really sweet about it Arno is. sneaking into the party just to yeah. see her. Because like, that's all he yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. But, um, unfortunately... 
You oh, know, and, like... and Delacer knows that if these two get together, chaos ensues. They know. <laughs> he knows because he's like, yeah, the last thing I need is you two in the same room. No. Stop. <laughs> also, this is such a minor thing, but wasn't his his um like butler or somebody in Delacer's household? His name was like Olivier, I think. Yeah. He and Olivier. Arno had like the funniest like Dialogue. relationship where yeah, yeah, like he like Olivier would always kind of like he would just be very condescending and yeah kind of talk down to Arno and Arno would be snarky and yeah. I don't know it's just really entertaining to watch yeah. they didn't have too many conversations but like yeah. the few that they did I probably laughed way harder than I should have yeah no 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 I agree top notch um also let's talk about because the this party is happening and um, and unfortunately Delacere is assaulted and killed uh while he's exiting the party so let's talk about that and how this basically cascades into the events of the game. Because for Arno, uh, he witnesses this and he this is his father figure, basically. This is someone he really looks up to and cares for and someone who's cared for him. <laughs> and he's witnessed a murder, basically, and then he's framed for it. And let's talk about all of that. Because there's, lo- there's a lot of interesting things happening here when we talk about how he finds out what happens and his motivation for joining the brotherhood as is so let's talk about all of that yeah that was really interesting in that because he was framed for it yeah it like suddenly became a much bigger thing because obviously yeah. i think Delacere is not Arno's biological father, but no. he's come to be the father figure that like Arno looked up to because yeah. that's all he's known since a young age after yeah. his own father passed away. Yeah. So I think for him, it was kind of just crazy that anybody could even think he would want to kill his like yeah. adopted father yeah. or like, um, I, I guess he, it would be more that Arno is Delacere's adopted son, but like, I guess adopted father too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just like that watching him kind of react to that was really interesting because obviously when that happens you as the player don't know enough Mm -hmm. but like as you go through the story and see the whole like the the plot unfold then it makes more sense it's like obviously he really cared about Mm Delacere enough to kind of go to the extremes that he goes to just Mm -hmm. to kind of clear his own name and prove that he would be the last person to kill Delacere who like took him in and and, like gave him a roof over his head and and, yeah yeah because Arno like he had no family after his father died like his mother was dead Mm -hmm. his father was dead he was an orphan Mm -hmm. he had seemingly no connections or none that he knew of I guess yeah exactly so if it weren't for Delacere took him in and raised him well and gave (laughs) him a good life basically and it's like why would I want to kill this person who took care of me all these years, kind of? Right. And, like, that's the other thing. Like, Delacere didn't do the bare minimum. Like, he went above and beyond. Yeah. I mean, now you would probably look back on it and say, like, a standard education and, like, you know, mm-hmm. clothes and food and, like, a roof over their head is, like, the least any parent could have done for an adopted no, but child. Still, but, like, back yeah. then, and especially yeah. even in, like, somebody in Delacere's position, they may have just been, like, well, I took this person in. Like, that's it. Like, they can't expect any more from me. But he was, like, yeah. nice enough to like like it seems like Arno like obviously he must be well educated because like he knows things and obviously you know he's 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 able to kind of have this banter thing with Elise Mm -hmm. going on and she's definitely uh studied probably higher than most girls at her time um and, and you know obviously he's got like a 
a roof over his head and like mm-hmm. his own bed to sleep in and clothes yeah. and things like that and All those so exactly. yeah I mean Delisere did probably a lot more than other people in his position at mm-hmm. that time would have done mm-hmm. so um I, I feel like it it's not strange yeah that Arno was like so determined to like find out what happened to him. Yeah, which but. is what happens because he is very determined to find out what's going on or why he's why this why he's being framed for a murder he didn't commit. But mm-hmm. let's talk about uh, but something really interesting happens here because he's thrown in prison basically, right? And if you guys know about if you guys know about the French Revolution, you'll find this an epic scene because the scene that follows is just epic. Like, I, I, I loved how, uh, because this is like the title screen for this game and I love how it starts, basically. You end up going to, you're in the Bastille, basically, which is like a huge tower um, or a, um, I don't know how to explain it. It was It's basically a prison. It's like a huge prison and it was surrounded by water on all sides Uh, to make it harder to like it was essentially a moat. Yeah, not an island, but it was it was surrounded by like the moat so that it would make it harder for people to escape. escape. Exactly. But oh my god. And if you know anything about the French Revolution, uh, I think it was someday in July. July fourteenth, I want to say. I think so. Around that time is Bastille Day because basically that's when the people stormed into that prison as a sign of revolution, which is great. Um, Yeah, it's July fourteenth. Yeah. So in this mean in uh, uh, in the meantime, basically, Arnold finds someone in in the Bastille who's been thrown in there. Um, and let's talk about that because he also be- turns out to be an important person to Arno later in the game. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I think the thing that I loved about that, not that, you know, Arno was thrown into prison for a crime he didn't commit, yeah. but um, it was really cool to see that location recreated, which again is something I think the franchise has been really good at doing. Like, recreating these historic monuments that yeah. oh my we, God, yes. like obviously we can't see all of them as they yeah. were at that time yeah but because there's like a whole team of historians and um scholars and and you know really knowledgeable people working on these mm-hmm. games they're able yeah. to recreate these uh to a i guess really high degree of like mm-hmm. faithfulness if oh, that yeah. makes any sense no i get <laughs> um, what you're saying i mean the sure. bastille is still standing so like that's not yeah. something that you, you'd miss if you go to France <laughs> you're in that region but um you know just throughout like the the franchise there's been other monuments and stuff that obviously like we're not going to get a chance to see but the yeah. team has managed to recreate so yeah. that was really cool that we got to see um like a I guess like a, like a more intact Bastille because <laughs> yeah. obviously now you know time and, and and everything has changed it but um it was really cool being able to like run around in it too because um, I've never been there, so I, I don't know I what it looks like. I, <laughs> I just know, know like the like. the outer, like mm-hmm. the the outer walls. Really, like that's kind of like you and see those iconic the shots. Yeah, you do see the iconic shots, and you see the moats and everything that they <laughs> had built, which is which which is the extent of what I knew about the Bastille. And I knew that um, the people actually tore that tore one of those walls down and broke in. 
<laughs> as a sign of uh, it begin as the sign of starting the revolution um, uh, at that point, and they called it Basti Day. Basically, that much <laughs> I know. Um, and in this chaos is where Arno escapes prison with someone else. And let's talk about that because there's a lot going on with that person as well. Yeah, so he meets a character called Pierre Bellic mm -hmm. in the person. Yeah. And um, I, I can't remember if it was confirmed, but I, I think the um, VA for Bellic is the same as the VA for uh, Blackbeard and Black Flag. I could be wrong, but just... Oh my God, I, I you feel might like be right because it sounds... He's now like, that you think about it, yeah. I don't know if it was me connecting something that's not really connected, but I heard him, the first time I heard Bellic speak, I was like, that's Blackbeard, but French. Um, yeah. And I, I can't remember if it's been confirmed or like if it's true that it's the same VA for both or not. But No, you're kind of right, um, because let me take a look at that, because, oh my God, huh. I mean, okay. that's just what I thought. I could be wrong. Like I said, don't don't quote me on that. No, no, but I just thought it was really funny that like I, I heard him speak and that was a connection I made and then after that I was just like I love him he's like French Blackbeard but yeah. he's definitely a character he's very um I guess gruff is kind of a good way to put it maybe mm -hmm. uh he's obviously not into things that he might consider soft like showing certain emotions or reacting certain ways and he's very like um I don't know how to really describe it without making him sound like a like a total villain but like he he has his like this weird thing of like he, he's trying to help Arno but he does it in like this roundabout way of just being like yeah. really mean to him yeah. like he, for like the All longest the time spot and, right. everything, and I'm like dude are you okay like okay yeah but the interesting thing is like he says he knows Arno's father or, like he knew Arno's father and he he's the one who kind of shows Arno or like proves it to him by showing him, you know, glyphs and things like that, that yeah, Arno previously Eagle couldn't Vision. read. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, and then yeah. I think he also gives Arno his dad's, like Arno's dad's sword no, back to Arno. Sword, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that was really And he cool. trains him and everything in prison <laughs> because they're there for a few months, if I'm not wrong. Right? Yeah, they're there for some amount of time. I don't yeah. remember the specific length of time. Yeah, neither do but I. It's not like a day. It's a, it's a while. It's a while yeah. because they're there for a while. And then when when the busty is broken into, that's when they make their escape, basically. <laughs> and which is this, which is where the sweeping title screen comes in, which is like amazing because you you're well into the game or well immersed into the world when that happened you're like oh my god this is where you start off okay we gotta play more kind of deal which i <laughs> i think assassin's creed does a good job of that the placement of those title screens i kind of love it <laughs> pretty cool so yeah um so the uh, pierre belek trains him tells him that if whenever you uh, whenever you get your head on straight, find me, find the assassins, and we'll we'll talk about this kind of thing. And but the thing is, when he gets out of prison, the first thing he does is go visit the uh, the Delaser mansion in Versailles, <laughs> and he finds Elise there, who's mad at him uh, for good reason, and she shows him the letter that he just slipped under his door that he was supposed to deliver let's talk about that yeah that's a very interesting sort of situation because mm. obviously arno didn't know the contents of that letter yeah. so it's really hard to fault him for not yeah. having the same sense of urgency yeah. that you know 
that the letter was delivered to him with but at the same time you understand I think where Elise is coming from because she only had her father too and now she's an orphan as well so it's like weird because you can understand both sides but I don't know I did feel kind of bad for Arno that she was blaming him when again like should he have been like more careful with that letter and made sure that Delacere saw it yes but yes. also at the same time I mean how was he supposed to know though like right and like I feel like that's something that's so common like we do it all the time now like with mail we'll be like like you might get a bill in the mail and be like oh yeah I need to respond to that and then you just like don't look at it until you know the due date approaches due or day. until you get like yeah, a notice saying exactly. like your bill is overdue <laughs> so um yeah. I don't know I feel like automatic I can... payments but that's yeah. a story altogether <laughs> Um, but yeah I know what you mean I know exactly what you mean but yeah and I mean yeah exactly you see where both these sides are coming from and this is where Elise makes it clear that day was supposed to be an initiation for me I was supposed to get inducted into the Templar order and you you're you're and we're, we're too different you let my father die because this message didn't reach him that's why he died so and she's right in saying that, but Arno is also right in saying, I could, how could I have known that this would happen? <laughs> and it's, right. it's really sad. And this drives him to actually, because Elise, uh, apart from Monsieur de la Serre, Elise is the one person that he really, really cares about. <laughs> and she's mad at him now. And she's like, I, I don't want anything to do with you. I have to find the people who did this to my dad. And I, I I can't deal with this. And basically, that's what drives him to actually find the assassins in the first place. So let's talk about that. And how he finds the Parisian Brotherhood and how he gets inducted into it. Um, because I think one of our friends <laughs> gave it a very apt description of Arno drinking Jesus juice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the initiation so comparison, so but still, let's talk about it. Yeah, the initiation sequence was it was weird. It was very it's trippy. trippy. <laughs> it is trippy. Um, kind of fun that. to play through. Yeah. I just think because like that, I don't remember anything in the franchise being quite like that up no, until that that's point. True. That so it was so like true. very different, very unique, mm-hmm. and as trippy as it was, I was like, this is kind of fun. It is um, fun. It was fun. But, trippy but fun, like I said. Yeah. yeah, but I think what's really interesting is like, even though I think. I don't know I think maybe it's just me I feel like I'm a sucker for like a little bit of angst in a good story and I don't know I just loved that element of like Elise really wanting to believe Arno when he was yeah. like of course I didn't kill your dad but she like there's yeah. like an inkling of like doubt and she's like yeah well are you sure like can I be sure and so yeah. um unfortunately that that kind of causes like a rift between them but yes. Arno is like he, he kind of has like the opposite reaction like where he sees that and he just becomes so determined to, to prove to clear his name to make sure <laughs> to make things right basically right exactly yeah. yeah so like I just thought that that was really cool but like that is really the catalyst for him just going on the rest of the, yeah. the journey through Paris and yeah. um, you know uncovering all these secrets mm-hmm. that end up being so much larger than just one um, poor guy's death and, mm-hmm. and you know just clearing his name but mm-hmm. um, I, I just thought that was so cool that he was like I'm gonna prove to you that of course I could have killed your dad yeah and Lisa's just kind of like okay fine whatever and she doesn't I don't think she gives him like too much um thought? like she doesn't have too much yeah, yeah there's not too much thought or like maybe even like to a certain no, extent I don't trust think in she's that, that but, and I think she's thinking about how she's going to deal with this 
for herself too mm-hmm. at this point because like, right yeah it's i mean obviously she lost it, her parents right? right and and the person that she cared about a lot too is the one that's accused of killing her father yeah. so it's like how does how do you reconcile that like, like the person that you're yeah. potentially or not potentially she i think they were in love oh they were in love. <laughs> she drove, no uh, they, she wrote she'd written him letters and everything uh mm-hmm. when I think uh, when she went to college, because I think she studied at the Sorbonne, um, so. and she she literally wrote to him from there. And there, and when you read letter, when you read those letters at the end of the game, it 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 really you get a full understanding of how much they meant to each other. It's sweet. It is sweet. Also, yeah. just as a quick aside, there's a really funny letter. Where if you go back to well not back but it, once you build the cafe theater cafe theater um, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. you know you like build out all the rooms and stuff if you yeah. go to Harno's room after a while mm-hmm. um, and like obviously as, as you progress through the games there's yeah. a couple more letters from Elise and there's one where she yeah. makes a comparison to I forgot the original context of the letter I think she was saying like she was commenting on how crazy that they're like how crazy their life turned out to yeah. be yeah. and how she always thought I think that they would end up as like sheep herders or farmers or something and she was yeah. like she, the way she described it, she's like I can just picture you like leaping off the mountains like a mountain goat or something <laughs> I don't know the way she like wrote it and described like this one particular letter and yeah. it had like some sort of analogy to Arno mm. as a goat I thought that was hilarious mm. but yeah those letters are really sweet and yeah. um, obviously like if you read some of that content it's like not explicitly said but yeah. you, know, it's, it's, you can find it in the world and stuff it's kind of apparent that they obviously did care about each other but at that moment it's like a huge thing of how do you reconcile that the person you care about could have potentially murdered your father who you also love so um I don't know that aspect of the story just really fascinated me yeah it's again there's a lot of things in this story that are really sweet that I really love um and we'll talk about the gameplay in a little bit, but let's talk about how um, they progress through this because Arno's first assignment is to go after a guy named Sever, who, who's apparently a Templar plotting against, um, I mean, who's basically egging the people on to I don't know how to explain it. Egging the people on to go uh, to more nastier forms of revolution than the people are actually planning at this point <laughs> or something like that. And this is where we get the first unique kill opportunity, which I love. And this is at the Notre Dame, which again, guys, you have to experience this for yourself. When you go to the Notre Dame in this game for the first time and do that sync point, oh, the scale of it again, I just cannot mention how cool it is to go to the top of the Notre Dame and do that sink point and have the city at your sprawl at your feet and then come back to you it's like one of the best things ever I just can't it's beautiful it is yeah I mean it's, it's really cool um like you said just scaling it but also then um being able to go inside yeah, and like oh my plot gosh. this like Inside that's obviously you know fictionalized yeah. I don't think you could ever be able to do that yeah. but um I don't know I just it was so funny and, yeah. and so cool that you were able to actually do that to like, go inside mm-hmm. the one of the most iconic cathedrals I would say in history like that's yeah. Notre Dame is a huge landmark it's fairly yeah. recognizable and then you know mm-hmm. you're just up there wherever you want to be mm-hmm. just 
hiding in the shadows waiting to strike. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought that was really funny. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember doing that mission and they had mm-hmm. like a set of um, like ropes or, or some sort of like yeah. suspended thing, like just running the length of the, the main room. Yeah. And I remember being perched there just waiting for Sierra to come. Yeah. And then you get the opportunity to do that unique kill. Yeah. And it was just, it was so cool. Yeah, I have the right thing to say, but <laughs> I know no, no, no. The, the, the I love the unique kill opportunity because it's like you have to be stealthy up to uh, up until you get to that point. But then the effect of that unique kill is like, yes, I got this dude without alerting people, which is so cool. That's yeah, especially that's in such cool. an iconic landmark yeah. slash location as well. Exactly. Like right in the middle of the cathedral, like while and there's right in the other people of around a, of a mass, basically, <laughs> right? Which is again super cool. I, was it a mass? I don't think there were that many people. Dude, that cathedral was full. I don't remember it being full. I remember there being a lot of people outside, but like inside there were people, but not, I don't remember being quite as packed. But okay. Because wasn't he meeting somebody in secret? He was meeting, he was meeting somebody in the confession chamber. That was the whole deal. That's why when you, that's why the hidden kill, uh, the, uh, the unique kill happened when he thought you were taking his confession and you killed him. Basically, (laughs) that was the whole deal. Basically. But let's talk about the whole memory corridor in this thing, um, right? Because the because you guys because if you've played these games before, you guys should be familiar with memory corridors where every time you make a kill, you have this one-on-one <clears throat> conversation with the person you just ended, basically to understand their motives and all those things. But in this, it's a little bit different. You go, it's a weird thing where you go and go back into their memories and everything, and then basically understand what they did to that connected them to this whole puzzle. So let's talk about that because I found that interesting too. Yeah, I mean, the the memory corridors have always been, I think, one of the coolest aspects of the game. Um, Obviously, you know, it's not quite plausible that after you kill somebody you could then have like a one-on-one conversation with them and also be in a situation where somebody reveals everything to you um, yeah I mean I don't know I just I still think it was really cool that we got to to see especially because like as the uh, franchise progressed the memory corridor is kind of like we're not a thing then we're sort of a thing and then we're like reinstituted and, and all of that and so yeah. um it was nice to see that they were still in this game uh and I, I don't know I think we we had a bunch of like really interesting characters in this game and so like that made some of the memory corridors really interesting yeah, yeah. um but because then also you know, this get... led you to the next but right. yeah let's talk about that um yeah. but yeah also I was just gonna say that you get like some of the same types of characters who are like oh yeah. I'm not gonna be remorseful or apologize for anything yeah. I did because yeah. I had my reasons and <laughs> yeah, I was right in so. doing what I did kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically when you when you do this the first memory corridor, you realize that this guy is a part is part of a larger scheme with more people that had plotted to kill De La Serre. So that's why that's your next step, basically. That's what you have to go back to the Brotherhood with at this point. So let's talk about that. Because I I love how this progresses bit by bit, because then you find out pieces of the puzzle uh, about what happened to De La Serre and what caused them to go against him and everything. 
because he's the grand master of the Templar order in Paris, which is like huge. Right. And that's what makes it so interesting because by the time you figure out who Delacere is, what he was Mm -hmm. doing, it's, it's so like weird when you think about how in so many different games the conflict between templars and assassins has been such a big thing and like the rift between them or the divide between them has been so big Mm -hmm. that it's been virtually impossible for any sort of like truce or peacekeeping type effort to really happen but in this game arno's dad was an assassin and delacere was the was a Templar and yeah, yeah not just any Templar the Grand Master himself and he takes in an assassin child or the child yeah. of an assassin yeah and, and he doesn't they were raise working Arno. together before like Charles and right. they were working together to for towards this kind of truce mm-hmm. and to an extent it was working because if you look at this Mirabal was still like De La Serre is an ally, I get it, but you can't go after people just willy-nilly. We'll look into this, but not... <laughs> so there's all of that going on for sure, yeah. Yeah, I just still think it's so fascinating that De La Serre just didn't raise Arno as like a like another Templar, like somebody yeah. he could recruit to his own yeah. cause. Um, and I don't know if that's because he respected... I'm assuming it's because he respected Charles Dorn enough and respected their yeah. sort of like partnership or relation, business relationship or whatever you want to call it, that he was like, yeah. I'm not going to tell him specifically what I'm doing Mm -hmm. it was more like I guess he just like raised Arno and kind of sheltered him from everything so that if Arno or like when Arno turned old enough if if he he wanted wanted to to make that choice he could right that's up to him yeah exactly so um I don't know I just thought that was really cool that like because Delacere easily could have just been like this is another person I can recruit to my cause Mm -hmm. and he could have kind of brainwashed Arno with like this Templar ideology and all of that but um it was really nice to see that he didn't and also like we've kind of been saying that the Templars and the Assassins at least in France or at least in Paris for these group of people for Mirabeau who was the head of the Brotherhood at the time and Delacere who was the head of the Templars at the time were actively Mm -hmm. working towards some sort of like peace or truce some sort of um, truce or 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 something where it was like maybe they might not agreement right yeah like they might not agree exactly with their each other's like goals or principles or tenants or whatever but like they had a common interest given the volatility of Paris at that time yeah no (laughs) like the political climate at that time yeah that is very true yeah exactly so I think that was their whole thing uh, at that point. But then I love how each piece fits after the other. And then you basically get to, um, you know, get go after your targets one by one, find more information and everything. But let's talk about how we meet Elise again, because that is interesting as hell, right? And I love the scene that transpires between them where Arno's like, I'm still that same boy that we that you played with when we were kids. I'm still that same kid who distracted the chef when you stole the jam from the kitchen. What are you talking about? That's still me. So like, how can you not trust me still? I'm doing everything I can to make sure to, to understand what's going on. And then he realizes that Elise has been chasing a lead herself and it hasn't been working out. So let's talk about that because I love that scene. It's, it's really sweet. 
It is, yeah, especially because um, I think once Arno realizes that Elise is pursuing her own leads and once yeah. his own sort of leads kind of more lead him to, kind of. right, but also he like finds out more and more and then the, yeah. it slowly goes from like a simple sort of like murder mystery type yeah. scenario where it's like one dead man who did it and then it just kind of turns into like okay yeah there's this a dead man but he's connected things. to yeah exactly yeah it's like it's it's just huge kind of thing that then becomes so much more than uh just de la Serre. and yeah. then there's a point where arno's like he's like not begging exactly but he's like kind of insisting that elise not investigate further because it's getting more and more dangerous yeah and um i I love that she stands up to him and she's like no of course i have to keep looking yeah but um i also just thought it was so sweet that like he wasn't trying to like dissuade her because he didn't think she was capable it was more just that like it was getting more and more dangerous and and then he lose her right and like despite whatever she might feel towards him he was to like look i whatever relationship is now i still care about you Mm -hmm. i just don't want to see you get hurt or worse and so um i thought that was really sweet that even though obviously they had were kind of going through a rocky patch and they were like there was some stuff that they needed to work through and um it wasn't quite as like their relationship wasn't in the same place that they were at the start of the game yeah um you know like they they were having like this great sort of like funny banter during her party and things like that then it just kind of devolved into like at least not wanting to see him oh god (laughs) yeah um they would kind of like i I don't want to say they were at each other's throats but like that no funny they were i'd say they were at an impasse right at this point you know like and it was difficult. And Arno's like, <laughs> let the assassins help. And this is a tenuous thing because she's the daughter of the Templar Grandmaster, right? And more than that, I think they were kind of setting her up. Like, yeah. I think Delacere wanted her to take over. Yeah. But obviously, you know, after he died, there was some yeah. sort of like almost infighting on the Templar yeah. side that prevented yeah. Elise from taking over. Yeah. But either way, she's like decently high up on the in the yeah. templar like She's ranks or whatever hierarchy or um, whatever you want yeah. to call it yeah yeah and so i think that was like the for the other assassins that was just like the crazy thing that arno is so kind of blinded by his mission and and his desire to prove his innocence and get yeah. himself and elise the answers that they want that yeah. he just brings her into the parisian brotherhood and they're like this like you can't just bring anybody in and he's like but we need help like just help her and he's like kind yeah. of promised that they would and yeah. um i don't know as, as much as that scene kind of pained me to watch just because they were like yelling at arno for doing something that honestly is not Dude, in the first things, of all, of yeah, it's not. Second, he's the one doing something about this. He's mm-hmm. the one actively doing something about this. So stop while you're just sitting down there not doing anything. So stop. Just no. The other like, thing, though, was like, clearly Mirabeau and Delacere were building towards some sort of yeah. alliance or like truce or agreement or, or something, yeah, something in which both mm-hmm. sides would kind of just 
my guess is like avoid each other or just yeah. like not pick fights every time they saw each other yeah so if, if that was really the goal mm-hmm. why then would you like suddenly create such a fuss that like this would I would think that this would be like an experiment like how yeah. can we like and, and honestly like of all the people to have in at least probably the least problematic because yeah she was so focused on just getting answers I don't think she would have done anything with any sort of information and Arno or, also or kind no of took your motive yeah exactly yeah. Arno took precautions too like she was blindfolded when she yes. went into like she was you know, she was you're absolutely and right and she was still like complaining about it like is this really necessary do I have to do this and it's like I mean he took some precautions whether or not they worked oh, is a different story but thing. like no 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 but there's a scene here where she's literally like yeah uh she literally lists the steps that they took <laughs> to get her there and and every and Arno's like bitch you're gonna get me killed don't do this don't do this to me not in those exact words but you know what I'm saying <laughs> you're good but yeah but it, he did take precautions like you said for sure he did so and that's why I'm like it's uh, then it, literally it's like he's taking precautions he's actually actively doing something to help you in your cause and yet you're yelling at him for it so why would you do that like why yeah it's just I don't know I I feel like that was one of the I guess like weaker moments in the writing where it seemed like there was drama for the sake of drama and yes you know I I do think that they would be mistrustful of the Templar if it was any other brotherhood but I just found it kind of strange that like these were like this was a brotherhood that was working towards some sort of truce with the Templar and now here's a Templar showing showing up at their doorstep and their first reaction is like oh my god like you can't do this and like they're like there's no precedent for this and you're giving away yeah. all our secrets and it's like no and and again I think that may have been like a very risky move on Arno's part and he was desperate yeah. and at least was kind of desperate too but mm-hmm. again I still feel like of all the people who could have potentially been a huge yeah. liability or risk mm-hmm. for the Brotherhood at mm-hmm. least was probably the smallest of them <laughs> like it would have been like I feel like it maybe if anybody else in the Templar organization had like just waltzed in or if Arno had brought anybody else in then it would have been a huge deal it would but, have been Elise was just she just wanted one thing and one thing only and that was just to find out who killed her dad and she was going to do whatever it took to get that information but I don't think having any information about the brotherhood like I don't think she would have misused that because for her it was just everything was just like a means to an end to like find who killed her dad and then that was it like that's all she wanted yeah no that you're absolutely right about that (laughs) but let's let's talk about how their banter comes back in full force when they try to investigate this lead that they have on one guy germain which is like the most (laughs) ridiculous thing and what and also one of the best scenes one of the sweetest scenes in this game that i absolutely (laughs) love so let's talk about all of that because i just i can't i just can't Yeah, again, I mean, I think a lot of people had issues with Unity, but one of the things that I actually really enjoyed was that the big kind of, like, villain reveal Mm -hmm. happens in, like, a very almost, like, nondescript way, like, it just... Um, Jermaine is is the the Templar Grandmaster, like, the big bad for the game, but you rescue him 
from yeah, the Templars. Exactly. And he's just like posing as like a silver smith or some sort yeah. of like lowly, like artisan type dude. And yeah. you rescue him and he makes it seem like, oh my God, thank you so much. I was just in prison there. I was forced to do yeah. all this work. Yeah. And then as the game progresses, you find out he he was is, the mastermind literally right. like yeah. yeah he was like just playing this role but he's like the mastermind like you said he's behind everything and you had him at one point early earlier on in the game and you didn't know so of course you know uh nothing nothing was really done about him at that point um but yeah i just i, I found that reveal to be so interesting because the it first is. time i played the game I remember being kind of like shocked. Yeah, it was for a, a very underwhelming. I wouldn't say underwhelming, but it was interesting how they brought it up because, because I think it was a little because El- when Arno mentions Germain to Elise, she's like, "Are you sure that was him?" Yeah, I saw him. I let he was he was being held captive. Like Elise was like, "No, that guy, he he was expelled from the Templar Order years ago." <laughs> My dad did it himself. I remember him. And, and that's when you realize, oh my God, what the heck is happening kind of thing, you know? like Yeah, but I think for me more than that, it was just that you, when you first see him, yeah. he looks like a random, like, yeah. yeah, like he's just, he seems, and he like, the first time you interact with him, he seems kind of like polite because you rescue him yeah. from more Templars. So yeah. it's like, why would, like, what, like the, the, to me that whole situation seemed very funny yeah like, just like he was a templar but he was imprisoned by templars and he's like yeah. oh thank you so much for rescuing me i was just like forced yeah. to do all these things for them yeah. and then you come to find out later on down the line that he's the grandmaster he's the one pulling yeah. the strings and you had him right there and if arno had known he probably could have slid his throat right there yeah. no, he <laughs> but you didn't know so like of yeah. course you have the rest of the game but yeah. i remember playing that sequence and when that reveal happens i remember thinking like wait that guy like the same guy that we rescued earlier on who just yeah. seemed like he just couldn't really fight or like do anything in a fight because I think if I remember correctly that first sequence where you rescued Jermaine yeah. um there's like a like you have to get him out of the building yes. and there's snipers like across the street oh, yeah. yeah and like he was just cowering behind a thing because obviously he doesn't have any weapons on him but he was just like save yeah. me type thing <laughs> And you have to like yeah. take out all the guards to get him out of out of yeah. that location, and then you know, like I said, later down down the line, you find out he's the one pulling the strings, and this is all just like kind of like a a ruse almost in that he was playing a part, and everything Elise said is true. Delacere yeah. did kick him out, yeah. but Germain was just so kind of like radicalized that he formed like his own almost like sect or like yeah yeah yeah. and like there were just these like super super radical Templars who were like operating in secret Mm -hmm. like without even really being known or seen and they were contributing to like all this chaos and confusion at the time and and things Mm -hmm. like that so um yeah I just thought that that reveal was really interesting because I don't think any game had done it quite like that like usually yeah, I feel like there's true. like a feeling you can see kind of early on yeah um and you know it's, it's pretty obvious like um in, in in any game like whether it's ac2 and like Ezio watching his dad's supposed yeah. friend kill yeah. his family in cold yeah. blood That's, and then being like i have yeah. no idea what happened and just yeah outright lying yep mm-hmm. or you know something like that to then like this where it's like some guy is just pretending to be 
or like the 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 real kind of villain is just pretending to be some random yeah. guy. No, that's and then... true. <laughs> I love that setup because uh, because they do a really good job of this. And also, let's talk about that hot air balloon scene. I love that scene. One because it was it was a little frustrating trying to chase a hot air balloon. Oh yeah, it was. But, um, I, I but here's that. where the parkour comes in handy, y'all. Because like, <laughs> I gotta say, beautifully done, but also frustrating. But yes, go ahead. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, just so much fun. And, and again, nothing like that had ever been done. Well, not quite like that. There was like not, the whole flying like sequence in Venice and in, oh in, God, in yes. AC2. Yeah. That was more of a nightmare, I felt like, than this. This was a little bit more straightforward in that yeah. Elise is in a hot air balloon yeah. as you're trying to escape a fight yeah. and you have to catch up to her. And she's busy like calling out, like, hurry up or like, like get closer. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Arno is like, kind of dude what the hell did you just do (laughs) it's just that it's really I don't know it was a really fun sequence but then like once you finish that sequence there's a cutscene of both on a hot air balloon just so sweet um and and they talk about like um Arno's like do you think things could ever go back to the way they were and Elise is like do you and I don't know just something about that conversation that they have that we've lost she's like and and I love how Arno's like that's it then. Uh, so the course of history forever altered. Well, things are different, but that doesn't mean that it has to be in it. That it does it. That doesn't mean it has to end. It could just be a different a different thing. And it's so sweet. I, I'm like, ah, don't do this to me. I know. I know. It was it was really sweet and moving, especially because like the, it's kind of like their own like little mini reconciliation kind yeah, of yeah and like obviously like when you see them at the start of the game in Versailles it's like yeah when they're younger like young adults it's like yes mm-hmm. they clearly have some sort of relationship going on yeah. but then after Delacere's death there's like this kind of I think like little a, a little bit of a rift like yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely a rift and at least I think kind of has her doubts too for the yeah. first time because yeah up until that point she had no reason to distrust Arno and now it's like yeah. she has no proof that Arno did it but also no proof that he didn't do it so it's like this little bit of doubt like did he didn't he how can I be sure and then once it's kind of proven that like Arno did not like he may not have delivered that letter and that may have contributed to Dallas Harris but Arno was not the one who like struck the killing blow or ordered it or had anything anything to do with it yeah Um, exactly beyond you know the letter yeah. incident um and so like to see them kind of reconcile and share that like really cute really kiss sweet. on the hot air balloon yeah yeah it was really sweet and it is sweet again guys experience the cutscene for yourself <laughs> <laughs> i think too i don't know if this is true because um when I played the game, maybe I was just very lucky, but I was fortunate not to have very many bugs. I think I only oh, had same. like one bug or same. well, actually I had two. I had the one that kind of like first split faceless. second. Yeah, it like made them yeah. face the zombies. And then I yeah. had one where occasionally Arno's sword would just go like crazy and it would just like get stuck in the ground. <laughs> uh, but it didn't happen very often. And yeah. so like that was really the only two glitches I had. And and the mm-hmm. faceless one, that only happened to me, I think twice, once at the very first sequence where Arno and Elise are very little, Aww. which is, I think, where it happened to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think uh, one other time in, like, a side quest or, or mm-hmm. like, a heist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't happen very often. So I was very lucky. But I've been told, yeah. or I've heard, rather, that since the game's launch, 
um, like there've been a ton of patches and stuff and actually it's quite enjoyable now. So I've seen like a lot of people get back into it um, or people just start it like now as opposed to when it launched and I've heard that it's a much smoother experience compared to its launch so Mm. but then let's talk about the whole Mirabeau fiasco because that kickstarts something else entirely yeah um (laughs) yeah I mean that that's like the sad part that things are going kind of too well for Arno and then all of a sudden um he's like just he's like riding this high and then you know yeah, what because comes he's, up must come he's down. with the love of his life again and he's like you know what it's cool things are good I've patched things up with Elise and that's nice we're working together again and all those things but then boom poof let's talk about that yeah I mean the Mirabeau incident it's interesting because it like it kind of mirrors what happened to Delacere like mm-hmm. when Arno finds him obviously Mirabeau is like dead in bed and there's no indication as to who did this yeah um other than that you know there's clues that suggest one thing but Mm -hmm. Arno thinks it's very unlikely that what the clue suggests is the actual or like who the clues are pointing to is the actual perpetrator of the crime yeah uh but they frame Elise basically whoever is trying to frame Elise for right yeah and and again it just kind of boils down to like logic because again Elise just kind of had like a one-track mind where just yeah. like she just wanted answers for her father and for yeah. her to go out of her way to kill Mirabeau like it doesn't really serve any purpose like yeah it doesn't do anything to further her cause mm-hmm. or like because help her in uh, any Mirabeau way. Mirabeau wanted to help her with her dad's <laughs> whole thing he he was agree he was amenable to discussing that Mm-hmm. and dealing with this but yeah exactly it didn't serve any purpose for Elise to go after him the way he did and I find the scene where you catch the actual perpetrator very frustrating because that fight sequence was very very frustrating to me because there's levels to that so let's talk about that yeah so uh spoiler warning for anybody who hasn't played it but um we're seeing it but yeah the perpetrator of course ends up being Belek himself who in some ways is kind of like a mirror I guess to German because he's like the he's like the more radical assassin yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and he he just he's so I guess kind of entrenched in his ideas of like the creed cannot in any way shape or form work with the Templars yeah, under exactly. any circumstance because yeah. they're just I think he views it as like two like I guess diametrically opposed groups that can yeah. just never agree on anything and so for him like the idea that Mirabeau or any assassin whether it was would Mirabeau even or Charles, think about working with the Templars it exactly like, it was just like it was like heresy for him him. and so he felt it would be better just to get rid of all these assassins and then just remake the French Brotherhood as he thought it should be and 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 so he's the one who who killed Mirabeau and who was trying to frame Elise to kind of I guess start conflict and and get this I guess current group of like leadership out the door so that he could kind of work on rebuilding the creed and obviously for Arno that's a huge deal because I think in in some ways Mirabeau has also been kind of like a paternal figure to him yeah Yeah, like definitely a mentor and in kind of in some ways to a paternal figure after especially after he lost Delacere and Mm -hmm. yeah Mirabeau 
probably made some questionable choices in his time. Mm -hmm. And I think not everything he said Arno agreed with, but I think Arno definitely thought he was a a much better mentor. A human being and someone like someone he looked up to. To be right. honest. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And even Bellic, like Bellic had had helped Arno despite, you know, his weird thing of like putting mm. Arno down. And um he had been instrumental in kind of inducting Arno into the creed. And then for Arno to find out that another one of his mentors is the one who has created all this conflict, started yeah. all these issues, and then is trying to frame, you know, the love of his life, <laughs> essentially. Uh that I'm sure did not sit well with him. But yeah, mm. fighting Bellic was really frustrating oh, uh, because um from a gameplay point of view it's it's not a super oh, easy for- fight. <laughs> it is frustrating because you have to press the button of, uh, an exact number of times and if you don't it's just got game over. <laughs> That's it. It's like so annoying to me the way they framed that. Mm-hmm. Gameplay and progression in this game were very frustrating, I would say. But we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, all of this is basically leads him to getting expelled from the Brotherhood. And also, Elise not trusting him because I think they have a shortage of man at one point and he refused to take it basically right so let's talk about all of that yeah I mean so correct me if I'm wrong but wasn't that at the end that they no. had no 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 events? no oh no you're you know I think you're right yeah because there's, there, a, there's a point at there's the end bit. too there's a yeah. point at the end as well that's a different thing I know exactly which moment you're talking about but this is where they they're holding the execution for Louis the 14th I think yeah yeah uh, no you're right I completely or, forgot about that first I don't know again. which one which Louis it was but it was I think it was 14th yeah so they were holding the execution for that guy and Germain would have been there. And after his thing with Belek, um, they basically, he basically wanted, and that's the lead that he wanted to follow to basically get to Germain and take care of him. And the only thing was that they were outnumbered and then Elise was in trouble and instead of following Germain, he he stayed to protect Elise. Right, and yeah, and I think that, that caused, caused more conflict. More conflict between these two because mm-hmm. they're like, you had a shot at She was like, you had a shot at him. You should have gone after him. Why didn't you? I'm, I want to do what it is. I want to get rid of this guy because that is my single focus right now. And if you can't, if you can't do that, then don't stay with me. It was just that. And then... Yeah. I I always remember, like, watching that and then just mm-hmm. feeling really bad for Arno because yeah. how do you choose? Like, yeah. obviously, he wants the closure, too, because yeah. he's got as much of a stake in this as she yeah. does because mm-hmm. De La Serre raised him, was, like, a father to him as well. And also, you know, he's been framed for the murder, so he needs to, like, clear the air and prove we, beyond a shadow of a yeah. doubt that it wasn't him, partly yeah. to himself, partly to Elise, mm-hmm. and then also, I guess, to, like... Yeah the rest of the the Templars and the Brotherhood that like mm-hmm. just proof that he had nothing to do with this yeah. but also like this is the woman that he loves and she's just so determined to get this guy to the point where it's like I don't care if I'm in danger mm-hmm. you go after him if you have an opening he's like how can you ask me to choose between you the person and- I love yeah, or exactly. the guy who killed 
my adopted father or whatever and and like how do you I mean yeah. it must be such a difficult again, choice again a make. big impasse yeah mm-hmm. it's an yeah. impasse for sure but also then, I mean as I think as much as it's annoying or frustrating that was one thing that I kind of admired about Elise that like she yeah. had a goal and like she stuck to it and she never wavered from it it was always single-minded in that approach yeah I I agree with you there and then and then because of the whole incident with Belek and Mirabal he gets expelled from the brotherhood too Mm -hmm. which which leads him to a downward spiral because I think he goes back to Versailles and you see how the revolution has basically just ravaged the place Mm -hmm. basically right because it's an interesting um how do i put it um contrast to how it was before right because i think the death of the execution of the king escalated the revolution to a point of no return kind of thing to be honest right Right? yeah i mean there was a again it was just such a volatile time period and um it's some of like the minor details you can kind of see like that was a really good example like you said like just going back to the village of versailles seeing Mm -hmm. uh what used to be his home with the de la serres and just seeing how it kind of just deteriorated and and you know like that village in general but even throughout the game like when you look and and see the different areas of france Mm -hmm. or like paris specifically Mm -hmm. like the different quarters or yeah the people are out in the streets Mm -hmm. angry there's mobs everywhere yeah right and you even get to play through like different moments like there's you know one with robespierre and yes um oh we get to robespierre in a bit we will because one of my favorite scenes in this game with Rob. I know, I love it. But I mean, it, there's just something so. You cool actually about... see the execution of Louis the Thirteenth uh, or Fourteenth. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong, but you get to see yeah. that guy's execution too. And you, I think you get to meet Napoleon too during this time, at some point. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot of notable figures that you get to meet yeah. throughout this game, which is always yeah. really interesting. Like anytime mm-hmm. you get to see historical yep. figures, but especially yeah. big ones like Louis the Fourteenth or Marie yeah. Antoinette, who's like mm-hmm. mentioned. She's um, mentioned. Yeah, I don't know if you see her at any point. No, I don't think you see her, but she is mentioned because mm-hmm. wasn't she the king's wife? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And um, you know, like you said, Napoleon, Robespierre, mm-hmm. like these are all famous people that yeah. like you study them in history <laughs> yeah you read about them in history and then you're like huh okay yeah to like see them was, yeah. was really cool yeah uh, but yeah so you see that downward spiral uh that arno's on and basically elise comes and finds him again after what's happened to him and then they have this they have this they come to blows I wouldn't say they come to blows, but I would. They do have an argument. They have it out basically at that <laughs> point. So let's talk about that because, again, that's an interesting uh, conversation that they have. Because, like you said, he mentions this. How would you ask me to choose between the woman I love and the person who killed the one per my for the one person who raised me? So, like, how how do you expect me to choose? Because I would do the same thing all over again if you asked me, if, if I was given the choice to do it again. So don't tell me that I was wrong. And that's interesting. 
I just think it, it was really sweet because I think yeah. um, it, it's difficult to watch because like you said, yeah. they're kind of both at an impasse and it's like yeah. neither is willing to really budge. Yeah. But I love that they're both so sure of like what they want or what they yes think that they need to do that they don't mm-hmm. really waver from it and Arno just tells her point yeah. blank like you said like I'm not going to make that decision like if I were given that same decision I wouldn't make it any differently because yeah. I can't choose between yeah. like you and something else it'll always be you and Elise yeah. is just like he can't um, there's nothing she can say to that at that point yeah. yeah but I mean I don't know maybe part of it too is I think I just I found that just really sweet because it's uh, I guess in some ways like a little mm-hmm. almost like romantic that he's just like I'm always gonna choose you no matter yeah. what the scenario mm-hmm. is so like don't even try to convince me otherwise because if it's down to your safety or anything else your yeah. safety is paramount and so I just yeah. thought that was really sweet it but is. it's also um I, I don't know it it's, must it's, be frustrating to Elise though it must have been yeah like that's a like... bittersweet thing like I'm yeah. sure she doesn't it's weird because I feel like on the one hand she would probably I think she appreciates the sentiment yeah but then to have Arno actually do that I'm sure it must be frustrating because all she wants like the justice and the closure of like having her father's murder like either dead or like found out or both and there was an opening for brought to justice like right for sure sure. yeah but I mean I don't know I always looked at it as like they caught him technically twice because Arnold wouldn't Arnold didn't know the first time he rescued German from like the weird Templar stronghold Um, but like they they had him kind of almost in their grasp twice so it's like it'll happen again it's just it might take a little bit longer but Mm -hmm. like um like I always thought playing the game for the first time I was like I'm sure you guys will get him again at least just like give the guy a little bit of slack yeah, I mean, so, which mistakes, is why but... they go on this mission to basically go after Germain's closest target, closest associates to tighten the noose on him, so to speak, <laughs> basically. That's where Robespierre comes in here, because and I really like how they frame this, because Arno is now renewed with a sense of vengeance again. <laughs> now he has Elise again, and they plan something. And I love how she's the, uh, and I love how, because Robespierre is gaining popularity. And like you said, we are at an interesting point because I think this is where his reign of terror comes in, right? Because he's really gained popularity and he's doing some crazy things and all the, and all that stuff. And I love how, um, uh, I love how they both have plans, but uh, Elise is like, you have to think like a Templar for this one, man. It just <laughs> you gotta let me do this, and and she does come up with a really cool plan to do it. She does, and she basically outs him at a very public uh, meeting. <laughs> to and he's actually arrested, uh, and uh, he's and because uh, because he's lost influence, he's of no use to Germain anymore. So basically, she cuts him off from him. So to get information, which is really right. cool. Um, and Arno does find him. And then I love how Robespierre is like, I'll never talk. I know. I love that Elise just like shoots him like point blank, like the comic in the beat. And yeah. she's like, then right. Then right. 
Like, and I'm just like that is so badass like that was yeah, so cool like um, but also I remember playing that mission and I forget what the skill is but there's like a skill or ability or something that lets Arnold disguise yourself uh, with somebody yeah, yeah, I yeah it turns into like called, NPCs I, yeah, and like yeah. I remember playing that mission and because I was in such close proximity to Elise Arnold would just literally turn into Elise and so yeah, her I to know, Elise was running around <laughs> I just got such a kick out of that. It was no, like such a random funny. thing. It is like, funny. It is funny. I gotta admit that it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. I I loved that. It was like yeah. so random and like so yeah. weird. And I don't. I honestly don't think I even used it that much in playing the game. No, but I remember playing that sequence. Some spots, but not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Some of the unique kills are like amazing, dude. Like uh, the mm-hmm. one for Latouche. Yes. Brilliant. The one for Siver, brilliant. <laughs> Again, really cool stuff with the unique kills. You know, you get to really go in there in stealth mode and then wait and get it done. I really love it. it, it yeah, it really and cool. I remember like, I've always kind of been the type of player who, like, I have really bad luck. Oh my god, and uh, I'm not a great gamer even though I enjoy playing games but I usually kind of try going in stealthy but usually midway through something goes wrong so then I'm just like screw it I gotta go in guns blazing but I remember like if I a lot of times in this game when I wouldn't get the unique kill I would like restart from the yeah. checkpoint and then go back in to try and get to the try unique kill because they were yes. so cool like even really cool, yeah. syndicate had like a bunch of really cool syndicate unique kills had like really cool unique kills for yeah all like the them. lambeth asylum like just oh my god yes in under like a, a tarp and then just yeah you assassinating the cadaver like isn't that yeah. crazy like that's so crazy that is really crazy but yeah i know what you mean exactly um but yeah, uh, so this is when he mentions the temple, which is the place where Germain is hiding. <laughs> and um, the fight that ensues there is crazy, absolutely insane, because Germain has the Sword of Eden. <laughs> it's also crawling with guards trying to get and in, cr- so <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was fun (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah i know exactly um but yeah uh but let's talk about that fight because that's really because this is where you get you get punched right in the feels because there's this moment and this is the moment that you were mentioning because what a blast from the sword basically brings down a pillar on arnold and the sword needs to recharge. So, so Elise thinks she has a shot, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes for it, and Arno is just enough to get free, but he can't just yet. And then the and by the time he gets free, Germain has blasted her with the sword, and it's just. It's it's really depressing when you think about it, especially because yeah. I think like. Um, I, I don't know I found it kind of bittersweet in that again it was just Elise had this goal and this idea and she yeah. had like a certain set of like yeah. things and she just stuck to it from start to finish yeah. and and one of her things was like I think she tells Arnold like you have to understand if I see an opening for this guy I'm gonna go after gonna him no matter it. what yeah exactly. and and that's what happens when Arnold was like pinned under this pillar he's yeah. like kind of almost begging her he's like wait just like 
help me a and I'll seconds. go with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and she's like, there's not enough time. I have, like, this is our one chance. Our I opening. have to take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so she goes after uh, German, just kind of leaving Arno there. And, and he's like, kind of like, no, no, Elise, don't do it. But unfortunately, yeah. she does. And and the consequence is that um, despite her oh. judgment and, and her, oh. I guess, uh, whatever sort of like safety measure she had taken, yeah. he still gets her, and unfortunately yeah, she I, dies. And it's just like dies. it didn't have to end that way. If maybe yeah. she had just like waited an extra second, just like accepted Arno's help. But also, um, I I think having but you kind of kind understand of, where she's coming from too. Right, but it's also yeah. like just like like also like the desperation from her yeah. side too. Like he's like right there, and so it, it's really this was tough. her opening. Yeah, exactly. right. Yeah, it's really tough to fault her for that but mm. then it's also at the same time it's like oh at least why like if you had just waited like a couple know, more seconds because that moment when you see know. her there just lying there you're just it breaks your heart it, it literally oh, it really does and and then because I, because that and then when you read the letters from at least you're like oh please don't do this to me now she's gone uh, i know i hate it <laughs> I know it's it's really it's I don't know it's sad but in a weird way too it's also like bittersweet because obviously you know that like Arno had a lot of good memories with her oh yeah but um it's just it's also just really depressing because like it really didn't have to come to this and Mm. and part of it is like I mean a lot of it is you know obviously the villain's fault because like yeah he didn't have to kill her he was just a dickwad but uh, mm-hmm. that's what he does <laughs> but then also part of it is like Elisa's fault because she was just like she just needed to get this over and done with and yeah. I think that like momentarily clouded that her trumped judgment. everything else <laughs> at that moment for her I yeah. think. like you said I absolutely agree oh, oh my god um that was heavy, but let's also talk about the Dead Kings DLC because I think there's a quest. There's a I think this is in Franciade, if yeah. I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like um, I think like right after the events of the main game, and, yeah. and Arno is kind of like tasked with doing this like yeah sort of like clean up mission type thing for Napoleon because mm-hmm. clearly yeah. Napoleon is competent and can handle his own yeah. troops, not. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, the the Dead Kings DLC was really interesting, Mm. Um, but also both, I think, visually and tonally darker than the game. Yeah, right? Uh, It really was. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's kind of implied, because at the end of the game, you see Arno take uh, Jermaine's skull and put it in the Paris catacombs, which I thought was kind of cool. A little bit morbid. Apparently that guy was even this, okay. Sorry we didn't mention this before, guys. This guy is supposed to be a sage, too, so that no one can find him again. He just hides <laughs> the skull in the catacombs somewhere, like you said. Yeah, right. there's a whole deal to that, like <laughs> you said. You're right. Right, yeah. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I thought that was kind of dark, given that Arno yeah. was... I don't want to say like very upbeat or positive like he he definitely had his dark moments and stuff Mm -hmm. but um generally he seemed like a pretty kind of happy-go-lucky sort of guy cheerful yeah 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 yeah. and you know obviously you know he'd have moments where something really bad would happen Mm -hmm. and then you know obviously Mm -hmm. that changes his his personality yeah and everything um overall Yeah. yeah I think cheerful is probably a better way to describe it that he was just kind of like not 
he didn't seem like very like cold or closed off from the world or anything um but then like that one scene of like seeing him put uh Jermaine's skull in the catacombs it's like oh okay that's kind of like that's um, creepy yeah yeah. but like you also know why but I mean yeah the 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 DLC like I I think like we said it both visually like the game itself is just like you said I definitely agree with you there because yeah and also I I don't I, I like this was kind of unconnected to like I guess the overall story but it, it appears in like the main I think quest line for the DLC yeah it's like a whole sequence where Arno thinks he's seeing Elise's ghost oh my god yes and I he just keeps chasing it. after it her I'm like oh I know it it's so it's like so then. moving and like yeah it's just um it's really sweet like even after all this time he still yeah. really cares but I think one of the really cool things about this game mm-hmm. which I think none of the other games have on except maybe Valhalla which like Mm. kind of touched on this Mm. but like by the end of the game Arno he has been like re- Insta- like his position is like reinstater or whatever yeah. so he, he becomes yeah. part of the brotherhood again mm-hmm. but I love his like final lines in the game yes. where he's just kind of like there's no higher power or whatever yeah. and and all we even, do begins and ends with ourselves right yeah. and like mm-hmm. even though he's he's part of the creed he's kind of like not quite as taken in by their tenets or beliefs as he yeah. was before yeah and I just thought that was so interesting because usually yeah. in, in most of the games by the time the character the playable character they're like fully is, believing in the tenets like you said right like, yeah like, and so you get to see them be a full-fledged assassin but Arno was like I think for him it was what was interesting was kind of like it was just almost like a alliance of convenience mm. or like the, the like the assassins were the lesser of two evils so like he yeah. didn't particularly believe in either cause yeah. but if he had to support one the assassins were like the lesser of two evils and so I, even yeah. though, um you know he, he kind of joins the brotherhood again mm. he's kind of like keeping the, the people that he interacted with at arm's length mm. um but i don't know i just thought it was like such a refreshing kind of take on yeah. an assassin because yes he's an assassin yes he's technically part of the parisian brotherhood but like yeah. i'm sure if you had asked him he would have been like no not really i don't consider myself no. um and and the only character i think who's kind of come close to that is avor in that she's just been like yeah. i don't want to join the brotherhood like i have no intention of yeah. joining it because the, the way you guys operate is very different to the way I operate. operate. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and with Cassandra, it was like the brotherhood wasn't even there. Exactly. She was just yeah. like doing her thing because her quest was really personal to find her family, basically. So yeah. Right, exactly. yeah. So like in her case, it almost doesn't even count because like yeah. there is no brotherhood. Yeah. So there's nothing for her to be like, I don't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, at least in Valhalla, like, you know, mm-hmm. Eivor is kind of offered like hey you want to join the hidden ones and she's like no I just it's not for me (laughs) and I think Arno kind of comes close to that without quite getting to the I'm not gonna do it part he's just like I don't know that this is for me but like he just joins the brotherhood anyway and I think as much as he dislikes that I feel like he probably needs it because especially yeah. after losing Delacere, his dad, and then Elise, like he just needs yeah. something to like keep him going. And like this kind of just I think channels, this is it. Yeah. yeah. Like it just, he has like some sort of like outlet now and, and, oh, and yeah. some sort of like purpose, I something to do. Agree, sure. um, so yeah, that, I don't know. <laughs> I, again, I just, there, there's so much in this game that I think is, is so cool. Yeah. Um, like- and it was just, 
because the story and everything were great, but the one thing that frustrated me to no end was the game progression. It is frustrating as hell in this game. I think they were trying to change the progression system. I think... I, I don't know if this is true. They were trying to revamp it, but then it failed yeah. because Syndicate to me, was much better in this regard. Oh, no. Syndicate was a huge improvement. But to yeah. me, it always felt like Origin was attempting to do... Sorry, Origin. Unity was attempting to do what Origins did. Yeah. And that Origins had like completely revamped you know, like the, the skill like tree. You yeah, yeah like exactly, you got skill exactly. points. There was a skill tree. And for Origins, it worked. And then, you know, Odyssey built on that. And then Valhalla yeah. built on that yeah. as well. And so, like... For those games, it worked because obviously there was a lot of thought put into this overhaul and they, yeah. you know, radically changed a lot of things about exactly. the way the games were played. But for mm. Unity, I still like, I kind of feel like it was, they were trying to be in some ways like ahead of their time and yeah. in some ways they actually were ahead of their time. Mm. But the progression system but the parkour is definitely something. and everything, exactly. Like you said, mm. I definitely. Yeah, did. yeah. Parkour and that stuff, I feel like personally, I feel like the, they were like way ahead of the other mm. games. But with the progression system, I think they were trying to get ahead of where they were, but and they didn't, didn't have work. all like the groundwork. Yeah. And yes, the yeah. progression system was really frustrating because like yeah. you completed main missions and then you got two skill points. But the only other way outside of main missions to get those skill points was to do like the the co-op co-op missions. Um, and I hated. I <laughs> yeah no 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 I agree. Co-op missions are the worst. The, the stories because, like, themselves was... were fun, but I think what yeah. really annoyed me was that they were built. Or, or this is just me and, and probably not true of, of every player, but again, mm-hmm. I'm not a very great player, so I did a yeah. lot of the co-op missions solo because you're meant to do them with a group of people and, you know, just like randomly, however many people you want to play with and, and you're meant to kind of take them on as a team and there's different, you know, people can have different roles or do different things or tackle different segments but the the higher level ones that usually awarded more skill points those were really difficult to solo for I think a player like me who's not very great or who's also kind of like inexperienced in like Mm -hmm. doing that sort of thing so the thing that really frustrated me was like a lot of the co-ops sounded really cool and I wanted to do them but like I would usually die well before I could get uh anywhere you know near completing that specific co-op so like that made it really frustrating and then also just that like the the there's only a finite number of main missions And once you yes. complete that main mission, those skill points don't like you don't get them again. Yeah. So there's no way to kind of farm those skill points and like yeah. complete the skill tree unless you do all the co-ops. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing one co-op with another player. And I don't know if that <laughs> player is listening or even remembers me. Probably not. But I would like to formally apologize to that player because <laughs> I was a nightmare. But also I remember doing that. And I think that poor player got so frustrated with me that at one point they just left me to die. Like my character, like my version of Arno died and they could have healed me and they were probably just like it's not worth it like just leave her <laughs> oh, my arno was just like I'm dying sorry. Oh, it was like i think it was one of the ones where you had to escort i forget what it was like napoleon's carriage or like mm. danton's carriage or somebody was in a carriage and you had mm-hmm. to escort them mm-hmm. 
or like you had to let them be escorted while taking out snipers on either side of like okay. the lane that they were on right. and um I could always get like a chunk of them but not mm-hmm. all of them mm. and it's timed too so it's like I oh, remember yeah. and I, I redid that mission with another player and you know the game just matches you with like a random player Person, who don't yeah. really know exactly. uh, and, and I remember doing that and then I was I, I remember being really frustrated and then being really mad that that player just left me to die <laughs> but also I, I know now that I probably didn't make it easy because I was a horrible aim. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, like, trying yeah. to hit those guys with like darts and stuff. Oh my god, that was a nightmare. But I, I understand. But let's talk about the cool improvements, like the Phantom Blade. Super cool. That was really cool. <laughs> I really love that. Cool because you could use the and then the Berserk Blade and sleep uh, sleep uh, the Berserk Dart and sleep dart upgrade. Super cool. Really nice. <laughs> cherry bombs again super cool like really cool stuff actually gameplay wise yeah this game um had a really really large amount of like customization options for Arno Mm. uh like you could purchase them of course you know Mm. through microtransactions but a lot of them were in game -game, and there was like a ton for a game like oh and the whole helix point system because (laughs) it gave you the helix points it gave you assassin points and then you could basically upgrade your gear based on all of that it was really cool yeah and then they reintroduced the kind of way of like making like passive income by building like a home base type yeah location the cafe theater and, basically was yeah, that. yeah and exactly. i love okay this is really minor but i think i've probably like ranted to you about this multiple times or not not You've ranted so much it. as like spaz but i love like, like the minor things where if you go back to the cafe theater and like arno can you can have him like watch a play he can yes. get like a cup of tea or and also um, the whole, all of the cafe theater missions are beautiful they're fun they to do. Are, yeah really there were a lot of fun and as you build it out there's like more rooms and like more yeah. things for Arno to do yeah uh and, I and just secret passageways cool. and everything which is like yeah yeah cool. I love that yeah and then like you know if you have him in certain locations he'll like say certain things and Mm -hmm. there's like a a bit after you finish the main game if you go back to his room yeah uh, and read the letters from Elise he'll kind of just sit in his chair and like just look very like dejected and and downhearted and yeah yeah it's bittersweet but I I just thought it was so cool that like there's all these minor things and um I remember one of the things that I love to do was if you go out of his room um you can have him like just lean on the on the railing of the balcony Mm. and just like look out at Paris which I thought was like it's such a minor thing but I thought Mm. it was so cool that they included that detail yeah Um, I don't know it's pretty cool actually (laughs) yeah it is pretty cool oh my god such an amazing game I mean overall (laughs) it was a fun game for me I really loved it um I might as well replay it now because I think (laughs) talking about this game has made me want to replay this game and I might just do that soon yeah and, it's a fun game <laughs> yeah for sure and guys like i said if you have the chance to get this game do it it's amazing um it's like i it's said a lot an of experience fun. it's a it's mm-hmm. a cool it's a cool experience and with that we will end this podcast with the, we'll end this episode of our podcast and we'll get back to you next week hopefully again with the incredibles too uh with glitch a better free. glitch-free file yeah that's what we're hoping for thank you guys we really appreciate you and if we if you've stuck with us through all of this thank you once again we'll see you again next week thank you guys thank you Thank you.
always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. The Nerdy Podcasts podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.